US national debt exceeds $33 trillion, while the US national wealth surged by hundreds, hundreds of trillions more. A more nuanced perspective emerges when juxtaposing debt with wealth. Actually, no, forget that. <laughs> The U.S. national debt exceeds $33 trillion, while the U.S. national wealth surged by hundreds of hundreds of trillions of dollars, or hundreds of trillions more, I might say. I'm Ronaldo McKenzie, and welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Podcast. And that's what we're going to be discussing today. The, tit- the title of today's episode is The Complex Interplay of National Debt and Wealth in the United States comprehensive analysis. Again, the complex interplay of national debt and wealth in the United States, a comprehensive analysis. That is in fact the title of an editorial article that I am, that I am writing, I'm just about to publish in the, um, in the Nailable Post and the Nailable Journals at the Nailable Corporation. The, um, the editorial promises to be quite impactful, powerful, insightful, it will provide some additional considerations that the New York Times never thought to consider in their analysis. Um, I'm talking with, of course, with um, Mr. with a small with my co-producer here, Dante Nelson, who is in the background. Welcome to another episode of the Nilbaum Podcast. And again, U.S. national debt exceeds 33 trillion dollars, while the national wealth surged by hundreds of trillions. A more nuanced perspective emerges when juxtaposing debt. Now here is the article. Sorry, here is. I don't know if you. But this is the article, and um, and this is the story. In a recent, and actually, you can get this in in the and RonaldoCMcKenzie.com. But in a recent report by the New York Times, the U.S. national debt soared to unprecedented heights, surpassing thirty-three trillion dollars for the first time. This staggering figure has prompted concerns about the country's fiscal trajectory, especially as Washington grapples with with the imminent threat of a government shutdown amid debates over federal spending. What's going on? Why why are you laughing? No, why are you laughing? No, really, I'm I'm being serious. Why are you laughing? Uh huh. I felt your your expression. (laughs) You felt my expression. And (laughs) I couldn't help it. I heard you chuckle, and I had. There was nothing but good energy. But anyways, let me continue. With this is a very serious uh, podcast episode. A very serious editor. A very serious. um, presentation here. We're talking about the, the the U.S. national debt vis-a-vis the U.S. national wealth and growth. Um, but but let let me begin. Let me let me begin again. Let me start again. Um, U.S. national debt exceeds thirty-three trillion, while national wealth surged by hundreds of trillions. A more nuanced perspective emerges when juxtaposing debt with wealth. In a recent report by the New York Times, 
the U.S. national debt soared to unprecedented heights, surpassing $33 trillion for the first time. This staggering figure was prompted or has prompted concerns about the country's fiscal trajectory, especially as Washington grappled with the imminent threat of a government shutdown amid debates over federal spending. However, a more nuanced perspective emerges when juxtaposing this debt, this debt milestone with the remarkable growth in the nation's wealth. Over the past decade, the country's national wealth has experienced an astounding surge, catapulting from $69 trillion to an impressive $153 trillion between 2012 and 2021. Even after meticulously controlling for inflation and economic growth, this represents a remarkable 220% increase, as detailed in a report by the St. Louis Federal Reserve. Now, this is substantial growth in wealth when considered alongside the escalating national debt demands a, recalibra a recalibration of our understanding. Alan Rappaport's article in the New York Times emphasizes the stark reality of the U.S. fiscal landscape, prompting a critical reassessment of our economic narrative. The debt, when viewed through the prism of quadrupling wealth and robust economic growth, does not necessarily indicate a perilous fiscal trajectory as they are implying. Indeed, the prevailing economic strength and burgeoning wealth underscore the capacity of the nation to manage a high debt load. The age-old dichotomy between a robust economy and a burdensome national debt is brought to the forefront, challenging conventional wisdom and emphasizing the importance of proper context. Now, former Ambassador Nikki Haley's recent remarks inject a dose of pragmatism into the economic discourse, I get one could say. Many Americans, she notes, believe in the economic prowess of leaders like Trump, who despite, growing, who despite growing the national deficit are perceived as champions of economic stability. However, for the average American, economic guarantees often take precedence over other considerations even as national debt mounts. Example, Nikki Haley indicated earlier today or in an interview, I think it was on ABC, that um, Donald, many Americans are supporting Donald Trump because of what he provides or can, what he can provide for them, bread and butter politics in a sense. You know, during COVID, he was quick to write a check, but he, would, he was quick to break, it, to break the law to write a check. Okay, but today, but, um, uh, but today we, see, um, we see hundreds of millions of dollars being shipped overseas. I mean, the Democrats and Biden want to spend send millions of trillions, billions of dollars overseas while Americans are suffering. And it seems as if there's no talk of how they plan to help struggling Americans, only to mop up liquidity. Yes, increase interest rates, making it okay. Haley's observation, however, points to a broader truth. So I'm here, I'm here debunking Haley, saying that, yeah, I mean, Americans couldn't care less. Uh, with social, uh, some social justice when, when their pockets are, 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 are out uh, and they're bottoming, bottoming out. What is important is, there, is the dollar. Someone's, okay, and if they believe that Donald Trump would, is, has the ability to help them to make money, which they, they think he did during COVID, then they would, I mean, of course they're going to want to vote for him, irrespective of what he did. 
Nevertheless, Haley's observations point to a broader truth. Americans are inherently spenders and economic well-being holds significant sway over political choices. Amidst concerns about debt, questions arise about the allocation of substantial funds overseas. This apparent contradiction prompts contemplation. Are the economic interests of Americans truly prioritized during times of high national debt? Now, when what when we if if when we put this these reports into into the context of unemployment, the un, the realities of unemployment and inflation figures, scrutinizing the reported unemployment figures reveals a stark disparity from the ground from the ground realities faced by many. The exclusion of 1099 workers, entrepreneurs, and those navigating the gig economy distorts the true employment landscape. Business closures, foreclosures, um, foreclosures, house foreclosures, and the housing foreclosures and the economic fallout um, from the pandemic paints a bleak picture that is not adequately captured by um, the traditional metrics. I said to you earlier, I was sharing a story earlier before we did the retake that. Um, um, where we did the book, our first book signing, which was done at um, Germantown Expresso Bar. I know the owners, I know the owners in, um, very well. Um, I know the owners very well. We follow each other on social media, but and I did a book signing there. But now they don't have that. They don't have the Germantown Expresso Bar anymore. Some young people got funding from um, some, uh, from through, through the stimulus and started a, a, and several people started young professionals started businesses. And we got a lot of 1099 workers who today, they're out of a job. Unemployment figures don't pick them up. Okay? The Times report, the Times report, however, highlights the, the pushback against efforts to raise revenue and cut spending, sounding an alarm among budget watchdog groups. Michael A. Peterson of the Peter G. of the Peter G. Peterson Foundation emphasizes the compound fiscal cycle's potential damage, projecting over 10 trillion dollars in interest costs over the next decade. Now, as Republicans and, De and Democrats in the House and Senate remain divided on strategies to avert a government shutdown, the blame game intensifies. Republicans advocate for spending cuts, holding the belief that out-of-control spending is the root cause of the nation's fiscal woes. Meanwhile, the White House points, points fingers at Republicans, attributing the debt increase over the last two decades to tax cuts favoring the wealthy and big corporations. The Treasury Department report on a $1.5 trillion deficit for the first 11 months of the fiscal year underscores the urgency of finding common ground. Treasury Secretary Janet L. Yellen, in a, in a CNBC interview, expresses comfort with um, the, the current um, fiscal course but stresses the importance of mindful future spending, emphasizing proposed measures to reduce deficits while investing in the economy. Now, wealth to GDP ratio and economic shifts. You have a point you want to make? Now, let's turn our attention to wealth to GDP ratio and economic shifts. While the national debt takes center stage in discussions, the Economic Research Council sheds light on the critical context that often goes unnoticed, analyzing U.S. wealth data from the financial accounts of the United States. The report reveals a significant shift in the wealth-to-GDP ratio over the past two decades. So while we talk about national debt um, 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 surging past the third, um, ex extending beyond um, 
uh, surpassing 33 trillion dollars we have to remember that also we have there's also about the gdp gdp um, our, our wealth is has surpassed 153 trillion dollars and our growth which was projected to be was dismal based on the world economic output output report and we published an article recently about that and jp morgan she's talking about um the looming recession what we know of um is that gdp we we have the u.s has defied the outlook and we're growing beyond and we our gdp over the last quarter was be extent was beyond four percent now, traditionally, um, just so you know, the financial account of the United States, the report reveals a significant shift in wealth to GDP ratio over the past two decades. Traditionally, stable between 1950 and 1995, the wealth to GDP ratio witnessed a cyclical pattern from the mid-1990s onward. Corporate business and household assets drove, drove two noticeable cycles with the past decade experiencing an unprecedented surge this rise, predominantly propelled by the value increase in corporate business and residential housing, presents a new economic landscape. Now, what are the factors driving wealth growth? Now, exploring possible explanations for this rapid rise, the essay that we, um, from the, the essay as, as submitted by uh, uh, Ms. Ye, Ms. Xien, Yi Li Xien in economic research, the essay considered factors such as increased market power of firms and the expectations of fast rising future profitability it, it it now the it it didn't it didn't really delve into ai technology but we've already did articles talk we've already did a, a show and we've written several articles talking about ai technology and what it means for the future of the our world and um in our in our new book neoliberal globalization I, I we will delve into it but the rising corporate business wealth is viewed not merely as a reflection of current gdp but as an anticipation of future growth supported by the high price to earnings ratios of u.s technology companies now moreover the points out um the report points out that gdp may under may underestimate the current economic landscape due to the inadequacy of accounting for certain services provided by technology companies which are essentially free but immensely valuable to consumers now there are some concerns and Concerns loom, concerns loom over the recent surge in the wealth to GDP ratio. One, one of the concerns is that, of course, the wealth is concentrated among very few because poverty has, has doubled amongst children. We, we, we pub published an article um, highlighting that based on the U.S. Census report post-COVID, um, child poverty has doubled um, since 2020. Um, we talked about that income inequality has skyrocketed um, coupled with the rise in crime and violence and theft yes um so concerns loom over the recent surge historical precedential and and there's another concern in in addition to that is is that historical precedents show that similar increases triggered recessions in 2001 and 2008 what we are seeing now is what we saw prior to the recession of 2001 and 2008. The current surge, larger and more rapid though than ever before, raises questions about the sustainability of this trajectory and the potential risk of another asset bubble. 
So as economic complexities intertwine with political choices and fiscal responsibility, the broader implications for the US economy remain uncertain, and the narrative surrounding the national debt must evolve beyond sensationalism, embracing a more nuanced understanding of economic forces and their consequences. Okay, say for example, the more, okay, we have high wealth, so therefore, okay, I said, I said earlier, give Americans the money. In conclusion, in conclusion, let me, let me just conclude. The, the juxtaposition of the national debt and wealth growth paints a complex picture of the U.S. economy. While concerns about fiscal responsibility and the potential fiscal crisis persist, the interplay between economic strength, wealth, accumulation, and political choices highlights the need for a holistic and informed discourse. The Economic Research Council's detailed analysis of the wealth to GDP ratio provides a crucial backdrop, urging policymakers and the public to consider the broader context in navigating the economic future of the United States. In Neoliberalism, my book Neoliberalism Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, the issue of income inequality as measured by the Gini coefficient provides even greater analysis and context, and I invite you to check my book out, available at Barnes & Noble. Walmart, Target, Amazon, so on and so forth in all platforms. Now, over the last decade, income inequality has also been surging, as I said earlier. And we noticed that the Gini, the Gini coefficient for post-industrial countries, as against the Caribbean and other, uh, and we uh, uh, and we noted the for, sorry, we noted the Gini coefficient for post-industrial countries as against the Caribbean and other global South countries in in that book, neoliberalism. And so we are at, I'm at a place to be able to talk about that. But in the second edition of neoliberalism, entitled Neoliberal Globalization, we considered Neocapitalism and the Death of Nations, which is about to come out. I'm about to release that book. We go even further, exploring the rise in income inequality as child poverty and crime and violence rises, while rich countries continue to get richer, while limiting spending and mopping applicability, affecting the most vulnerable with the application of several incremental interest rates. Now, of course, we'll continue to talk to follow the story. And when my and please get a copy of my book, Neoliberal Globalization, we considered where we delve into some of these policies on a more broader macro macroscopic scale. Um, the reference list for this, um, the reference list for this for this particular article and reading comes to us from my book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, published by Palmetto and the Neoliberal in 2021. Alan Rappaport's article entitled U.S. National Debt Tops 33 Trillion for First Time in the New York Times, and Yi Li Chien and Ashley Stewart's article entitled The Recent Rise of U.S. National Wealth in the St. Louis Fed at stlouisfed.org. Of course, this particular article and this particular presentation is available in the Neoliberal Post at reynaldocmackenzie.com and the Neoliberal Journals at theneoliberal.com. The narrative surrounding the national debt must, must, however, evolve, must evolve beyond sensationalism embracing a nuanced understanding of economic forces and their consequences, or might I say, their broader consequences. So in conclusion, which I will, and I will add a very important point, and it relates to income inequality and political but in conclusion, the juxtaposition of the national debt and wealth, and, and wealth growth paints a complex picture of the U.S. While concerned about fiscal responsibility, 
and the potential fiscal crisis persist. The interplay between economic strength and wealth accumulation and political choices highlights the need for a holistic and informed discourse. The Economic Research Council's detailed analysis of the wealth to GDP ratio provides a crucial factor urging policymakers and the public to consider the broader context in navigating the economic future of the United States. In my book, Neoliberalism, the issue in my first book, Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, Neoliberalism Book 1, the issue of income inequality as measured by the Gini coalition provides even greater analysis and context. You see, over the last decade, income inequality has also been surging. And we noted that the Gini coalition for post-industrial countries, as against the Caribbean and other global South places, in the second edition of neoliberalism, globalization, um, neoliberal globalization, we consider the capitalism and deprivation. We go even further exploring the rise in income inequality as against child poverty and crime and violence, while richer countries continue to get richer, while limiting spending and mopping up liquidity with the application of several incremental interest rate hikes. So all of this has to be placed into perspective. L let me say this again. Let me say this again. While concerns about fiscal responsibility and a, and a potential fiscal crisis persists, the interplay between economic strength, wealth, ac wealth accumulation, because amidst all of this, people are getting there's, people are getting rich. While people, while there are many people who are getting poorer, the, many people are getting poorer. resulting in the kind of rising criminality we see in communities across the US. In neoliberalism, the issue of income inequality as measured by the Gini coefficient provides even greater analysis and context. Get your copy of my book, actually. Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, which is available here at The Neoliberal. You can go to the neoliberal.com slash shop, or you can message us via Twitter, Ronaldo McKenzie, or The Neoliberal Co., or you can go to our Facebook page, the, the Neoliberal Bookstore, or Ronaldo McKenzie, or The Neoliberal. Of course, visit us at theneoliberal.com slash the Neoliberal Bookstore, or theneoliberal.com slash shop. It's also available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, and Target. And my second book is about to be published, Neoliberal Globalization Reconsidered, Neo-Capitalism neo and the Death of Nations. And we pick up some of the, the ideas that we have discussed briefly in this particular editorial, which is available in the Nailable Post at RenaldoCMcKenzie.com and the Nailable Journals at TheNailable.com. Please subscribe to us on any stream and um, support us and let us know how we can improve the show. Donate to us by going to anchor.fm slash TheNailable slash This is The Nailable Round Podcast, produced by The Nailable Corporation, serving the world today to solve tomorrow's challenges and making popular what was the monopoly? What good?